0: Hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, Season three of Deliberate Conversations, episode one on addictions. Um, First of all, I just wanna say thank you to everyone who submitted questions. Uh, This has been the most response we've ever received on any of the things that we've done in our conversations before. Uh, So we really feel like we've hit on something with this uh, in a good way. Uh, And so just wanna give you how we're going to do the next, uh, the four sessions. Tonight, we're going to do kind of like a 30,000 foot overview, kind of give our working definitions of what addiction is. Uh, and then uh, for our next session, our episode two, we're going to answer questions, some of the questions we received, and they're going to be uh, in the realm of brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, kind of like church wide uh, or community type issues within the church. Then uh, episodes three and four are going to be dealing with addictions within families. That's where we receive the most questions, whether it's spouses or children. And so our last two episodes are gonna be concentrating on that. So that's kind of the format, what we're gonna be working with. So uh, I'm gonna ask
1: Frankie, if you would, just uh, start us off in prayer and then we'll, we'll go at it. Yeah. Uh, father, thank you for this time that we get to gather together and just look at something as serious as addictions, Father. Um, we, we know you're a good father who loves us and so help us to trust that, Father, because when we substitute um, that love for other things of this world, whether it's uh, alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever the case may be, Father, we know that that's what we're actually doing. We're substituting something that you've made holy mm-hmm. and, and are searching for things that are unholy, Father, to su- to substitute for you. And so help us to understand that. Help us to look at this. Help us to see what addiction truly is, what um idolatry truly is and learn how to recognize it, father um and not just for um the things that we the big ones that we think of but even the small things in our lives whether it's you know how we eat or how we um do other things in our lives that are actual addictions as well father help us to be open and honest with ourselves this week and ne- the next coming weeks so we thank you what you're doing ask us to uh, handle this with grace but with truth and wisdom father and we're thankful for that in jesus name amen Thank you, Frankie. Um, And again, thank you, everybody,
0: uh, for tuning in and listening. Um, This is a vital topic. And, you know, as I was doing study and getting ready uh, and and looking at the questions, uh, I think it was John Calvin said that that we're all idol factories and and God has created us to worship something. And, And unfortunately, at the fall, Uh, addictions came in at that point as kind of uh, taking us where we could look at other things to give us the joy, the peace, and the treasure that we have in Christ and steer us in other directions. And so one thing we want to do, and we're going to use this kind of as our our working definition uh, for what addiction is, and we did not come up with this. Uh, Ed Welch did, by the way, plug for his book that's in the lobby. Uh, Ed Welch says this, Addiction is bondage to the rule of a substance, activity, or state of mind, which then becomes the center of life, defending itself from the truth so that even bad consequences don't bring repentance, and leading to further estrangement from God." So that's really huge. There's a lot that's in that. um, But it it really touches on everything. We're, We're basically saying we're looking at something else take God's place to give us the satisfaction where we're going to depend on that and addiction comes in where we're depending on that forget the consequences it doesn't matter this is more important than anything else in life Uh, that's why addiction I think can be so destructive Um, in 1st John actually uh, at the end of 1st John in chapter 5 verses 20 and 21 John is ending that brief uh, letter that he wrote and at the very last verse John 1st John five twenty one says children stay away from idols uh, and his whole what he's been talking about in 1st John has been talking about sin and The way John is writing that he's saying look anything that any sinful activity that becomes where it gets to the point of addiction Has now become an idol in your life uh, You're now using that in the place of God to help guide and direct you so Frank you mentioned it in your prayer I mean, what is, what, uh, and the, we'll see how well we've been paying attention for the kids' catechism, but why,
1: why is ado- idolatry so dangerous? Why is idolatry so dangerous? Um, well, it's, I mean, it's what we just kind of said earlier. It's, it's a, you're substituting something that should be the place of God mm-hmm. and in trying to find fulfillment or uh, enjoyment out of that, and that's not what we were created for. You know, we were created to find explicit joy in Christ. And um, when we look for those in other places, um, it becomes damaging to not only um, us and our uh, identity, which we've talked about in, in past deliberate conversations, but it becomes um, dangerous to the people around us as well. Mm. So that's my, that's my biggest mm-hmm. concern with it. Is, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, working off of that, um, Ed Welch also says this, idols end up having control over us. It seems that there is no getting away from the basic question of life, whom will you worship, who will be your king, who will have dominion uh, in your life. Um, and so, yes, idolatry is extremely dangerous because that's not how we we're created. How can? Um, what are some excuses that people use uh, for addictive behavior? Um, Or whether they want to admit it that it's addictive behavior or not maybe things that they uh, are idols in their lives What are some excuses that people use to uh, dive into that? uh, Or to look at that for their satisfaction rather than looking at Jesus for their satisfaction?
1: Well, I often always hear it's it it just affects me. This is this is Hmm. you know, this doesn't affect other people. This is just something that I have to live with, or I deal with, or it's, it's always about me, 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 me. And, uh, you know, John Calvin says, and I, I really like this when, when I was studying the prodigal son one time, um, I was, John Calvin says that, you know, that depravity, man's depravity will, uh, he will live and wallow in that until the severity of punishment outweighs the joy of living in that depravity. Mm. And it's just like, oh, that's where we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: What is something that's really insidious about addiction slash idolatry? I've, I've got it in front of us here where Ed Welch where talks about manipulation of it. But what, what is so insidious about, uh, or so, maybe better word, what what is so blinding about an addiction or an idol that we may have in front of us?
2: You know, one of the languages that we talk about, if you live in France, you speak the French language. If you live in addiction, you speak language of lies. Mm. Deceit is, is mm. an integral part of what addiction is and it's not just deceiving others like our loved ones and our, and our mm. friends but we deceive ourselves. We, we believe we're different we believe that we can't get out of this once we're in it and uh, we believe the, uh, uh, the lies of the enemy actually and because of that uh, lying and deceit is just a, a natural part mm. of what is addictions. Mm. Anything
0: on that Steve?
3: no that's a that's a good point when when you, you're experiencing addiction or as as you've defined it where an, an addiction is seeing an idol and valuing that idol as worth more than anything else and even even worth more than the reality of the situation you can you can even step back from an addiction and say this is the reality, but the addiction says no. You you want this more. Mm. Um, that's that's detrimental on so many levels because you're ignoring the harm that it's actually bringing. The um, you value you're valuing the pleasure over the uh, the pain that it actually brings, mm. or the the punishment that it mm. actually brings. Um, it just and uh, referencing the deceit. Um, if if you're valuing something over reality, like like um, an imagined pleasure, or something that brings you um, a pleasure inside of your your mental or emotional whatever, um, if you're valuing something that brings that kind of pleasure over something that brings actual good, mm-hmm. then Absolutely. It it makes sense that you're going to be deceitful in pursuing that because your values are actually disproportionate. It's your priorities are out of line.
0: Uh, I love where Ed Welch talks about uh, that idols and addiction, that ends up controlling us. Uh, It's like when the alarm goes off in the morning, you're thinking about the next drink, the next porn click, Mm -hmm. the next whatever it is that's that's what's driving you and all of a sudden, you know, the spousal relationship or your relationship with your kids or work or church or, and all of those things all start falling further and further down the um, uh, the ladder of importance uh, in your life and I think to me that's what's so damaging about addiction is, is just the, the control uh, that can just get a grip on you uh, whatever the addiction is and I, I did want to read this cause I uh, was looking and this, this is by no means at all exhaustive. Uh, but I, I, I've been looking at a bunch of articles and normally when we're thinking about addictions, we're thinking about like, like the really bad addictions, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. drugs, alcohol, pornography. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, but, uh, it doesn't end there. Obviously there's drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, money, food and eating disorders. Smartphones and social media, ouch for some. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Exercise, body image, sports and entertainment, ouch for me. Uh, for some, work is is actually addictive. Where that just that's what's driving you. Uh, you want all that acclaim. You want whatever it is. And actually, laziness can act, you can actually be addicted. <laughs> Uh, to laziness Uh, a (laughs) proverbs talks over and over again about the sluggard uh, who won't even get out of bed or won't even put his hand to his mouth to feed him because he's just addicted to being lazy that's where he is and that's what has uh, grip and control uh, in his life and so we don't want to just limit it to you know the things that just automatically come into mind whether substance abuse or whatever uh there are so many things that you know the what we would i guess classify as the lesser of evils as far as uh mm-hmm. addictive behavior but i've i've observed people that just they can't put their phone down I mean, it's almost like they're a crack addict i mean they hear the little chirp or they see it vibrate what was that what was that what was that and they just can't can't stop
2: you know, <coughs> we were created with an innate um, ability and desire to worship. It's something mm. that God put within yeah. us. Yeah. And in the fall, it, that, that one thing that, w- that was given to us to be turned always toward God, we've turned it towards other things. And Tim Lane once said, uh, worship is kind of like a garden hose stuck on the on position you're always going to be worshiping, it just depends on where you point the hose as to what you're going to worship. So sure. we are going to pursue something that brings us relief, pleasure, peace, whatever in life. And and if that is not God, then eventually it's going to cause trouble, whether it's a cell phone, which seems like not a big deal, or whether it's crack cocaine, you know, where it's whatever takes our eyes off of God, we will eventually downward spiral. Mm
3: good yeah uh, just you reading off that list um, this was early in early in my marriage when um, Sarah and I had been married for about a year and went off to California to help a church plant and it on on your list there the work is associated with addiction or, or or at least it can it can be associated with addiction um, I, th- I think back to that time where we spent two years in California where um, we were part of a church plant there and I spent two years trying my hardest to make that situation actually work and to make it a, a successful God-honoring um, kingdom building experience for us and almost killed my family mm. because I was so dedicated to making that situation actually bring fruit um, so I, I I don't even even looking back a few years in the past I don't I don't question my motives in that my motives I th- I think And this is this is me evaluating myself. So take that (laughs) take that with a grain of salt, a (laughs) shaker of salt. I don't care. Um, I I don't really question my motives in that. I think my motives were good, but in being so dedicated to making the church ministry work, it it almost killed my family, and Mm. that was well. uh, That that's obviously not a good. Um, that's, that's something we've healed from in the past, but you, you talk about addictions and you don't you don't necessarily think of addictions as in you're addicted to your work, mm-hmm. you're, addi- you're addicted to your profession or um,
2: It's much it's more socially acceptable to be is, addicted to is. your work, right? I mean, you're, you know, that, that actually looks good, you know, and on yeah. certain levels and you and you're rewarded for that as well. No, yeah. it's it's yeah. yeah.
3: so true because if you're a workaholic it means you're dedicated to your work and you excel and you're you're given bonuses, you're given more of responsibility, you're given <laughs> what whatever associated with that, but it's it's still still at the base level it's a a misalignment of priorities of what is actually important, what God has actually called you to. So if if you're valuing work above family, work above relationships, then hmm. me- possibly that's an addiction.
2: One of the um, met- other metaphors for addiction is voluntary slavery, where no one would ever choose to become enslaved to something. But but in even a work situation where you are you are there's a payoff. All right, there may be a financial payoff. It may be praise of others. It may be fame or looking good to others, but there's a payoff. And the same spiral occurs as it does in a drug addiction. Eventually your life crashes and burns and, oh. and your mm-hmm. family falls apart. Uh, other th- other things that you should be doing end up suffering because of it. Hmm.
1: Well, I think, you know, I was telling y'all earlier about the, the conversation I had with Steve Bells, and I think a lot of that plays into that idea of, you know, some a lot of these things have, you know, dopamine. It's like we, he's like he's He was talking about how our bodies or our minds crave that dopamine hit, and that's what we look for. And so that's different for different people. So I mean, some people it may be you know work, and once they get that hit of praise or something, it's like, oh, this is what I need, and this mm-hmm. is you know, and your your mind craves that, and to the point where you where it is everything. This is the most important thing to me. It mm-hmm. becomes more important than my family because I got to get that hit, mm-hmm. and you know that hit comes from. It's different for everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, understanding that, and uh, and realizing that's not worth know our ultimate joy comes right. from Yeah, yeah. It's,
2: it's interesting you yeah. brought in the medical side of things because they do the pet scans where different areas of the brain light light up and the same area that lights up for cocaine will light, will light up for something that is completely non-pharmacological right. pharmacological be because it, it the reward center of the brain is sensing that as as a positive return
0: mm. yeah I mean I you know self-confession here mine was I, I mean I've worked hard and a lot of jobs worked hard and long but for me for me it was exercise i mean back Mm -hmm. when i was running marathons and and running races and 10ks and stuff i mean you just sit down and ask christy if it was like you know 50 below zero and 10 feet of snow outside and i couldn't exercise i was the most miserable person Mm -hmm. on the world because i wanted to get out there to do that so i could cut that 10 seconds off or cut the 10 minutes off of And it, you know, it wasn't till years later when I looked back on that. And I mean, exercise. Yes, Uh, Mm -hmm. this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm supposed to keep myself Mm -hmm. in shape and I'm actually running with Christian friends and we're having theological conversations while we're running and all those things. But it it dawned on me, no, yeah, those were nice things. I was addicted to going out and running. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I had to have that and that was that Mm -hmm. that hit. That I got doing that—that medal I can hang from my neck, or that trophy I could put on the shelf that we've since long thrown away because I realized this is just stupid. Right.
2: There's because, a reason they call it a runner's high. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you did. It's you, true. You get but that. I, you get that little rush at the end of it. But I didn't
0: realize until I looked back on it and realized how much that was controlling what I did, what, how I scheduled things, and everything was based on that.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I think Steve had done a good point earlier when he was talking about you know being in California—the whole sure. idea of my intentions were good right Mm -hmm. and i think i think most addictions start off as good intentions like i'm not trying to do anything to hurt anybody or do anything this is something i think will make me more productive or more you know useful or whatever so i think in the in your mindset it is good intentions and i'm not trying to qualify what you know you but Mm -hmm. i think that's i think for most people that's what this is running i mean that's a you know i had good intentions i want to exercise and be healthy and um, you know, most of these things, money. I mean, you look at most of these things, food. I mean, I even think probably some drugs. I think some people will take a hit of cocaine. It's, I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm tired. I need a, a boost of energy, and, and so I'm going on, I'm on to do this one time. And, and it's, my intentions are, even though it's a, not the right choice, my intentions were good behind it, and then it leads it spirals from there. Well, mm-hmm. I almost think it's, it's part of Satan's
0: lie to us, too, because it's mm-hmm. almost like God's kind of holding out on you. And so like if you're under the stress and you want to get rest, but you can't or you need to be re-energized Well, God's holding out on you. You prayed and he's not doing that. So you'll take the hit of cocaine. You'll take that drink You'll do those clicks on the computer to get your little, you know, porn high or whatever And so, Mm. you know, Satan's like, okay, God's holding out on you. You're not getting everything And so you need to look for these things to get Mm. your
1: um, you know, that's good. I mean, if you go back to the garden. That's kind of the exactly. whole, essentially, that's of the garden is like, yep. hey, God's holding that on you. Yep. You mm-hmm. need to eat this this forbidden fruit, exactly. And and yeah, God. Because yeah. did did
0: He really say this? Right. And you know, and get well, you'll have the knowledge of good and evil. This is really a good thing. Don't you want to have that? And it's like mm-hmm. right. Well,
2: yeah. And, and remember, addictions don't start out as problems. No. they they're a solution to a problem. Mm-hmm. We have that's a problem. Good. We are yeah. we our addictions are mm-hmm. are things that help us get to another place the problem is they turn on us mm-hmm. and, and they they um, mm-hmm. they no longer provide the benefit that they provided in the beginning that's something that never happens with God mm-hmm. and never happens with God
0: yeah. yeah I mean apart from Jesus Christ addiction always wins uh, yeah. and the the person who's suffering through it is the one who suffers through it and in the end loses if you don't have the gospel in Christ in it because it that it, it always wins um, I think it's important for us just here at, at the outset of this to, and the columnists hesitate saying this, but we've got a list of things, of things to look for when you suspect that somebody that you know and love may be uh, heading down the road of addiction. And don't go like tomorrow and start to do your checklist and you're firmly convinced of. You know loved one co-worker community group member is addicted but these are just some good general things to look at we're getting attacked by beetles <laughs> um, and it's not the, and it's not the group from <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> from the 60s either um, all right so <laughs> Frankie got mad and left no, I'm, I'm out he's <laughs> <I'm laughs>
3: afraid of bugs Frankie's, Frankie's addicted to beetles
0: <laughs> keep going Frankie yes, keep going, keep going. all right so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go over the first, I'm going to have Steve kind of read the things, the questions under the second category, Phil under the third, and then Frankie under the fourth category. And then we'll see where this leads for any conversation. And then we'll do that. Then I want to finish with an encouragement from God's word. Uh, again, we've, we're, we're working on our definition of what addiction is, but there's also going to be something that we're going to close with tonight that's going to be something that's going to override our discussion on addiction and dealing with uh, friends and loved ones who are going through addiction. So first of all, um, all right, things to look for, Uh, work slash school. So whether it's a child, uh, friend, spouse, uh, questions to start asking when you're starting to see behavior patterns changing, like are they late getting to the job or is school attendance down, or are they constantly late going everywhere? Is there something that is just—it's not normal for them. All of a sudden, they're just showing up late everywhere. Uh, are they prone to extend their lunch hours? Um, unfortunately, the companies that I work for—they were gracious enough to give us like two seconds to eat lunch. <laughs> um, so. I was never too concerned about that for myself or uh, other. When co- you start or.
1: checking us time cards, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now. No.
2: Wait, wow. Do we have time cards? For, for we have Bobby? cameras here, I right? We, could, we can pull our cameras up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yes.
0: Uh, do they bring home less money or is there a significant drop in their school grades if they're students in school? Hmm. And finally, is their concentration poor? And I'm not talking about that, you know, since they were born and they struggled with their concentration, but all of a sudden, is there just something that's just in these areas that, that just is not adding up anymore, whether it's lateness, uh, you know, huh. the not bringing home as much money from work or, and it could be whether it's an adult spouse uh, or a child who's working a summer job or working in school, all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're working, but they're asking you For more money um, uh, for things so those are some really good I think just Mm. things to start asking praying about Um, and again don't take these and you know tomorrow all of a sudden your husband's an addict of some (laughs) type or your child is but these are again just general things that you can look for uh, if you're already Concern these may be some things like I said you can look for or use to help maybe confirm uh, what the Holy Spirit might be placing on you. I think I asked you to do the next one on yeah relationships.
3: Yep. Uh, sure. And and I think it's it's important to add that that's what, what Bob is describing is changes in behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's um, if if there's a certain thing you expect from a job or a school moments or whatever and then there's a dramatic change i think that's that's quite obviously an indication that something is going on maybe addictions maybe totally something or something totally unrelated Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there's there's an indication that something is going on so that you may want to look into that and if you actually love and care for a person you will ask the hard questions and dig into that so um bob just covered work and school um relationships questions there um has their peer group changed? Are they more secretive? And are they spending a lot more time alone? Again, all of those relate to changes in behavior. And um, like, are their are their friends different? Are they are they hanging out with a different group of of people that mm. may have a completely different influence on them than the than the friends that you once um, knew them to have? Are they Hiding more things from you, or are they being more secretive? I'm. I have a nine-year-old daughter. I'm constantly aware of this, and not not that anything has come up um, significant, but it's just it's uh, always wanting to be aware of what my daughter is involved with, trying to understand what her friend group is, um, what is what is she doing, what I- what kind of activities are they engaged with. Um, trying to be a good parent in that and and parent her well um, so and are they spending a lot more time alone um, on one hand you could have an introvert child or an introvert mm-hmm. spouse where they they just need that time alone or maybe that time alone is used for something that feeds an addiction possibly but it's I, I think the key there would be if something significant changes, uh-huh. then then ask questions. And, and I, I don't think it's unloving to ask honest, hard questions. Um, when my wife comes to me and, and asks me th- the hard questions about you know, alcohol use or internet use or whatever, I, I'm, I'm cool with that because my wife loves me and mm. she wants she wants the best for me. I I honestly believe yeah. that, and she she's not asking that to, to trap me, or at least I, bu- I believe she's <laughs> not asking that to trap me. <laughs> mm. And and quite quite honestly, I believe she's not asking that to trap me. She's she's just wanting the best for me, as far mm-hmm. as me as an individual, as as a man living in today's world. She's she's wanting me to to be honest and forthright with mm. with whatever. Well, well, I think situation. like
1: I think you hit on the nail on the head though. I think it's the sign of true love is to be willing to ask those hard questions and mm-hmm. deal with you, that, you, you know. Have because to. You if have you don't, to. then I'm just I'm just after you superficially, right? Um, I, I had a good, I had a strong conversation with a friend like a week ago because there's some things that his child was doing, and I, I mean, I told him some hard truths, and he didn't want to hear them, and he was like, well, you're, you're, no, you're, no. "I thought you, I thought you were my friend. You're not my friend if you're telling me this." And I was like, "It's the exact opposite. I'm your friend because I'm telling you this." I was like, mm. "I rather I rather tell you the truth and let you." Fix this now, and you consider me not your friend. Then me to consider you my friend just keep going lying to your face, because that's yeah. what that's the. I, I yeah. mean, that's the choice that I have. Right. And I mean, like that's it makes no sense that you know, if I, if you and really
3: care for somebody. We mm-hmm. we talk a lot about well, in in Christian circles. We talk a lot about the concept of truth and love, mm-hmm. and and I think a lot of the times we get those separated where love is just kind of placating a person mm-hmm. and just letting things slide no that's not that's not love that's the opposite of love yeah yeah but at the same time we can we can do truth without love and Mm -hmm. we can just blast a person for whatever they're doing so uh, the the concept should be truth and love it's like i see an issue or i'm right i'm just inquiring maybe there's an issue i don't know so i'm asking a question out of out of true concern and love for you and and i think that's the appropriate way to Mm. to handle it yes if there's a significant change in in a relationship of a person you actually care about then you're gonna inquire like what changed maybe it's an addiction maybe it's not maybe it's something totally legitimate. sure but ask the question
0: yes good Phil you want to cover the questions on spiritual, spiritual life
2: sure um, and I think I think that it's not it's not just change it's unexplained changes. Yes. because people they'll change a peer group mm. you know uh, because they've decided to go out for a sport or do something different they're different people hanging around so you're looking for for changes that are occurring where there's no reasonable explanation right doesn't make it. sense yeah, yeah it doesn't make sense right um for spiritual life um do they seem more hardened to the truth we talked about deceit being the language of addiction truth is very uncomfortable so even those truths mm-hmm. where you're where you're asking a loving question like hey is something going on what's wrong I see you're doing this um, that the response to the truth often is is very uncomfortable for them um, have they been uh, have they been caught telling lies the same thing obviously it's the flip side um, do they break commitments have they things that they normally would do now they're trying to get out of them or or they're uh, or they're not showing up on time to something they would always have been on time before okay. and then of course have they had any recent problems with uh, law enforcement um, so any any of those things, and there are probably, you know, that list could go on in, in spiritual life. Um, but but those are just some ideas, of some things to look out for.
1: So Frank, if you want to go over the last section there, yeah. And again, like Phil just said, we we're looking at change and, and Steve. You know, we're looking at changes, unexplained changes. And um, but have you been losing? Have this person been losing excessive amounts of weight? Um, are they overly prone to colds and sinus problems? Are they unusually tired? Are they unusually restless? Is their thinking strange or illogical at times? Are there unusual mood swings? Have there been significant changes in their personality? Do they seem depressed? Have they ever mentioned suicide? I mean, so these are all changes we want to kind of mm-hmm. look out for.
0: Yeah, and again, it's. Uh, I, I think we just need to emphasize it one last time. These are not necessarily sudden but these are drastic changes from their their normal course or pattern of life you're starting to see these things that weren't there before Uh, and so that's where the concern needs to be Uh, i'm prone to illogical thinking quite often but my wife has never (laughs) been that concerned about
3: uh addictive
0: behavior
2: it's always been there it's not a change that's right (laughs) it's not a change so
0: that's why i'm saying that that you know i don't Christy's not worried about that even the strange thinking at times she is not so worried about that so again we just put those out there for you just as some helps uh, for you and again it's not like you need to be looking for a demon behind every bush with you know community group member spouse kid or or whatever but if you've already had concerns these should be some questions that can help you uh, determine okay do I need to probe deeper into these things to find out exactly what is uh, driving it. Um, uh, so to close uh, this first episode, and again, we wanted to kind of give the 30,000-foot overview on addictions and then go from there. There is something that is extremely vital uh, in all of this, uh, and Paul addresses it in First Corinthians 13, um, not only for the person who is suffering through the addiction themselves, uh, but also for the loved ones who are around Uh, the person because oftentimes they suffer just as much and in some cases almost more uh, emotionally and things for what's going on uh, with that loved one so 1st Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 8 says this love is patient love is kind love does not envy is not boastful is not arrogant is not rude is not self-seeking is not irritable it does not keep a record of wrongs, which we'll get into in the next couple of weeks because that is vitally important for uh, the sufferer with the addictive, per- addictive person. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. And this is so important. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. Love never ends. I mean, that's basically describing God. And the way he sees all of us. Uh, we said it up front, we're all basically idol factories. Phil said it, we all choose to worship something. And so whether you are the person who is struggling with the addictive behavior, uh, you need to just uh, swim in the ocean of God's graceful love to you. Uh, and you know not think that you're so far beyond God's reach that he can't rescue you Uh, and get you out and if it is a loved one or a dear friend or brother and sister in Christ who is going through it all the things about patience bearing all things enduring all things your love our love for our brothers and sisters can never end Uh, we need to love them through the things that they're struggling with and so uh, that's episode one I'm gonna close in word of prayer and uh, so uh, next week we'll be releasing episode two so let's pray Uh, father thank you so much Uh, God uh, Your design for us, the way you created us, uh, was for worship, and that was for worship of you. Uh, But through the fall, uh, sin has now entered into the equation, and God, um, we, uh, thinking that we're wise, uh, following the example of our first parents, Adam and Eve, and think that we know better, oftentimes, God, we will go following after other things uh, that in the end will never completely satisfy Uh, Will uh, let us down Uh, But God, I'm so thankful that you're faithful. Your love never ends. Uh, You're always there uh, Waiting for us uh, when we've fallen uh, to come back to you. Uh, You're there walking through uh, just horrific uh, and hellacious uh, Situations with loved ones who are going through addictive behavior. You're you're walking in the midst of that as well Uh, So God, thank you for your love. Uh, Thank you God that we can look to you Uh, for rescue Uh, we can look to you for change uh, because nothing is impossible with you and so god as we continue our conversations in this uh, difficult area of uh, addictions uh, i pray that you'll be glorified and magnified in christ's name amen we'll see you at episode two